1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 99 of Auntie Nanny. Um, With me is my fantastic and wonderful producer who I couldn't pay enough money to if I paid him. (laughs) And I don't know if Jeannie's going to be joining us. She's having some back problems. So uh, I understand her show this week was rather quick. And I feel really badly about that. But um, here we are. So as usual, the first half hour is probably going to be news stuff. But it's going to be, you know, vaping news stuff. So I guess... Guess I could get right to that, although it feels weird not to be introducing Jeannie. Um like I said, welcome to episode number ninety-nine. It's hard to believe. I've done almost a hundred episodes of Auntie Nanny. So it's been well it's been over two years actually since I've been doing this. And back in the beginning of my first episode, my very first episode was all about vaping and um, this is kind of I guess a return to that this is something Jeannie Kurzweil wrote have we forgotten our past as smokers have we forgotten where we came from that was the first thought to go through my brain the other day I was cruising through Facebook and happened to see a post in an advocacy group asking if people would go in a shop that sold vape gear and tobacco some of the responses floored me This is an advocacy group. Don't forget. Most of the vapors I know are former smokers. Some of them are still dual users. Have we forgotten that? Are we so ashamed of where we were that we need to talk badly about what we ourselves once did? Do we think that shaming is going to make smokers want to be one of us? Do we not understand that this disgust some vapors show towards smoking makes us sound the same as how the ants talk about us? We hate it, but turn around and do it to others. Does the smell of tobacco smoke and stale ashtrays bother me? Yes, it does. The smell of someone that took in a bath in Cologne does as well, but I am not treating or talking to them horribly. Again, remember this post was in an advocacy group. The BS of we don't want to be associated with tobacco just isn't a reality. In 2009, we fought a legal battle that we won on the grounds that we were not using a medical device but a tobacco product. We did that. We fought for that. Now that it doesn't fit our need, we want it changed. Fine, but keep in mind, you started this to stop smoking just like I did. I didn't, but that's different. It was our step away from burning tobacco. Our nicotine comes from tobacco. Spin it how you want it, but the fact remains the same. This is harm reduction, or you, know, you could call it risk reduction. Uh, be happy you decided to make the change. Has it crossed our minds that having e-cigs in a place that sells tobacco could possibly give one single smoker the idea to try it? That alone would make it worth it to me. I have converted more smokers by simply walking by them on my way into a store and handing them a business card from one of the vendors I use. I even put a label on the back with my email address. That just puts a seed in their mind. I'm not preaching at them. I'm not acting better than them. I'm not looking down on them. Seeing e-cigs in the store may just be that seed why would we automatically assume that because they sell tobacco as well as e-cigs that they just want in on the vaping money train? It seems that some of us do. Let me put it a different way. Maybe, just maybe, they made the switch and are doing both because their livelihood depends on them selling what their customers want. Maybe it's because customers have asked for vape products. Talking poorly about an e-liquid vendor because they sell in vape shops and mix shops is a shame to us all. Praise those vendors just as you do the ones that don't. Remember that seed that got you started. Advocacy is about keeping vaping here for us, but more so for keeping the option available for millions of smokers out there that have not yet made the switch. We cannot let our arrogance hinder that. Vaping is about saving lives. Oh, I would. We could pick that apart if Jeannie were here. Not just our own, but the others who need this. Keep an open mind. Be available to answer questions. Fight the good fight. Take five minutes of your month and do what you can. Just remember where you came from. I myself will be forever grateful to the vapors that helped me make a go of vaping. That was five years ago this week. They stayed open-minded and saved my life. And some people really do have bad health effects from smoking. And they switch to vaping and they're perfectly happy. Very.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it is rather sad that you have all these people that have become vapors and forgotten about being smokers and basically turned into the grumpy ex-smoker who's always having a bash at smokers.
1: You know, I, I've never understood that. Yeah, I, I never did. And in the beginning, there were some really horrible advocacy efforts um, that. People used to send to their legislators saying, oh, I don't, my my kids want to hug me and I don't smell anymore. And, and for you, all that stuff might be true. Yeah. It's not true to people who smoke. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I agree with her about bashing people. It's pointless. It's stupid. It gets us nowhere. And I think it's really weird that I've been doing this. In July, it'll be six years. And I've never seen a community more divided in my life. Never, I have, ever. But, it,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have, but that's because I've hang out. i been hanging out on computer f- and internet forums uh, since they started. And all the communities end up fragmented. But yeah, this one seems to have fragmented faster than most.
1: Well, but, it it yeah. fragmented faster than most, and I kind of wonder if that's from the innovation or what. Um no idea. Kevin tells a story about trying to convince the people in his vape shop to go fight an outdoor vaping ban. Yeah. And his customers say to him, well, can't we just have a cloud chasing competition at the mayor's office? Really?
0: Yeah, like, that's <laughs> you what know. Oh, yeah. And I need to drop in a, for all you fuckers, there's a bit of sweating. <laughs> And we actually do have phones.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's phones tonight. <laughs> Damn it. Um, there I was won't be to phones. It eventually. I know there won't be phones every night, but there are phones tonight. And thank you, Barry, for going to the extra time and effort and going through all this extra bull to set this up.
0: We're saying my volume's a bit low. Is that any better? Say something. Can anybody tell me how the audio sounds now? Because I can shoot it way up if I need to.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I can hear you fine, but that doesn't mean anything. Oh, right, it's better. Better.
0: (laughs) I have my finger on the the fader for my volume. Okay. And if necessary, I can turn the gain up.
1: (laughs) Oh. Ugh. Turn the gain up on my end and it's like screaming and crackling.
0: Ugh.
1: Yeah. I don't know. This is why I have a producer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I yeah, I, I went and got a, a a nice big mixing desk which makes things a lot easier.
1: Um no I'm looking at something that Dick Puddlecoat wrote. Um this time last sunday i highlighted how the association of directors of public health at fuck ad ph uk i i am not calling them mad fuckers i'm just saying their name is their Adfuck. anagram yes. is ad fuck yes. um, <laughs> had fly tipped a van load of drivel on the scottish government's tobacco control consultation yeah <laughs> however via our I can't even pronounce that. Uh, uh, uh Vargan. It appears that I was reading from the altered version of the Adfuckers tripe. On the 23rd of December, their answer to number 12 on e-cigs read, Electronic cigarettes are also a gateway product to the use of tobacco and nicotine addiction for ex-smokers and never-smokers. The link between the two is so strong that it would be difficult for any advertising campaign to differentiate between them. Therefore, stricter regulation rules will ensure that marketing should be explicitly targeted at smokers only. Whereas now it reads, Ongoing surveillance is required to assess the possibility that electronic cigarettes may prove to be a gateway product to the use of tobacco and nicotine addiction for ex-smokers and never-smokers. Until the evidence is clearer, the precautionary principle ought to apply The link between the two is so strong that it would be difficult for any advertising campaign to differentiate between them. Therefore, stricter regulation rules will ensure that all marketing should be explicitly targeted at smokers only. As Avergen notes. So we've gone from e-cigs are a gateway to surveillance is required to assess the possibility that e-cigs may prove to be a gateway. Evidence matters. The Scottish government might do well to take anything they say on the subject of e-cigarettes and vaping in public places with a huge pinch of salt. The evidence clearly shows that they are not to be trusted. Indeed, but this apparent error offers a glimpse as to how public health advocacy works, especially when it comes to tobacco and e-cigs. Following the example of the Gober blueprint, which that's fascinating reading there. That'll make you sick because that's where all of this hate comes from. The plan has always been to commit an outcome or a conclusion and then construct the evidence to bring said outcome or conclusion to fruition. Generally known as policy-based evidence-making, it is Advocacy 101 for every state-funded public health quango and fake charity in existence. In the case of e-cigs, it is clear that public health don't like them because vaping messes up their plan. So they have decided that they'd like to let the public believe that vaping is a gateway into smoking. It doesn't matter that this isn't the case. Research thus far finds no basis whatsoever for that theory because it will only be a matter of time before they create bent studies to prove that it is. This won't be done with sober analysis of the facts by detached scientists. It will instead be via manipulation of the data by carefully selected career prohibitionist sociologists And aircraft mechanics.
0: (laughs) Failed aircraft mechanics.
1: Uh, Very true. Reporting to a pharma-funded world health organization. It was ever thus. AdFuck's real mistake was merely to be a bit premature in declaring what they and their industry pals intended to make the public believe. It is the political equivalent of the loss-making factory owner whose friend expresses their sorrow on hearing about the fire which burned down the business... Shh. He replies, "That's next week, so is the consultation quite that bad?
0: um yes, well, for a start, they timed it to end on the second of January.
1: lovely, when so, everybody's busy, yeah,
0: when everybody's not paying attention um right. but yeah, that's what you kinda expect from them these days. I mean, the Scottish government we know are prohibitionist, right, so yeah, it's... Pro- I might have to move to England. Uh,
1: I don't know that anywhere is safe. I mean, they're...
0: Well, it's more positive <laughs> down in England than it is in Scotland, because we have a separate NHS. We have separate right. Ash, and Ash Scotland is nowhere near as uh, forward-thinking as Ash UK.
1: <laughs> Nobody's as forward-thinking as Ash UK. Ash UK has actually been really, really good Yeah. about e- e-cigs and usage and... and uh, I don't know.
0: Well, for the last they're, six months anyway. <laughs> well,
1: they're they're better than their UK counterparts, put it that way. Yes. Oh, you know, it, it's funny how all the people who are opposed to this stuff make their living from opposing everything. Yes. Uh, Mr. Chapman, who likes to ban people who don't agree with him, Oh, and yes, writes his, articles about it.
0: His lovely troll article. Yes, he didn't reply to my comment on that. Must upset him or something. <laughs>
1: Did you call his math extraterrestrial? Because he 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 blocks no, you.
0: From no, 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 no. I just <laughs> explained he was reaping what he sowed. Yeah. It's like you say inflammatory things. You're gonna get inflammatory things back.
1: Well, Chapman is is. Pretty bad, but you know, he's been relatively quiet.
0: Whereas, well, it's because he's not technically doing tobacco control anymore, he's <sighs> mm-hmm. doing wind turbine chill work.
1: <laughs> yeah, wind turbine chill work is right. Um, what's I gotta say? Something about Crapman, um, Fergus Mason's blog, <laughs> he's much less sweary on his blog than he is in person.
0: Well, I told you that, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So, all of these things are the same. The things that public health is doing is the same thing that public health has always done. Um, and I can't say always because there was actually a time when epidemiology helped stop people from dying of cholera. It was, you would take and put a pin in a map and look for a pattern to emerge. And when they'd gotten cholera licked, and TB licked, and so many other things licked, they looked around and said, our work here is done. Uh, No, there's so much more work to do. People are still dying. And apparently that's the criteria for being involved in quote-unquote public health with air quotes around it. Um,
0: Yes, epidemiology has gone from the spread of the disease to... Spread of ideologies, yeah,
1: yeah, it's all become very religious, yes, and there's a danger in that. there's a danger in believing what you read, in looking at an article and believing what it says, where you know, which is the case Ginny had when some person she knew flipped out and said that um the Japanese study, yeah. E-cigarettes have 20 times the carcinogens and toxicants of regular cigarettes. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Well, yeah, it was the usual, though. If you look down at the details, it was the media mm-hmm. misreporting the study. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, which they one always... One
0: unit in one test showed higher levels. <laughs> so, for a scientific basis, that's one of the ones that will get discounted. That's one of the results they won't take into consideration.
1: Well, I mean, you, you take have away to do the lowest and the highest. So, well, I mean, yeah. you have to do multiple tests. Yeah. On anything to get a baseline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one, get one
0: higher result—that's nothing. That can be. Oh, that optimizer was faulty. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing, uh, because I actually read the paper that these <clears throat> reporters based their critique on. And, yeah, it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just one cartridge. But it was from one manufacturer. Yes. And it was a Japanese manufacturer. The odd part about that is they have some of the highest taxes on electronic cigarette stuff there. And some of the most strict public health surveillance on this stuff. And yet, what has that done to protect them?
0: Absolutely nothing. Exactly. Because the manufacturer to cut final costs has gone probably for cheaper manufacturer. Of
1: course they Uh, have.
0: Which means the device just doesn't work right.
1: Which is odd, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, oh, something's wrong here.
0: Yes, the race to be cheapest is not the best option. Mm -hmm. No, and... As we know if you ever look at Fast Tech.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Fast Tech is just basically terrible. Well, no, Um,
0: it's good, but you need to know how to discount all the cheap, nasty stuff, which isn't easy, I admit. But there are... I mean, I got a Fogger V5 clone, and it was so good, I then immediately bought a real Fogger V5. Which is, you... And they're almost identical.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you like to bring on our guest? Can you?
0: Oh, yes, I should be able to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I shall find the... In amongst all the masses of videos <laughs> I, <over>, I have shall... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Glad his name's at the start of the alphabet. <laughs> well,
1: at least it's at the very beginning. Nothing's worse than it being at the end.
0: Yeah. Uh, right, that's Skype trying... Hello. Welcome. Hi,
1: Alex. How's it going? It's going well. Um, this is Alex Clark. He is the... Alex, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, I'm going to assume people here don't actually watch Vapor's Worldview every Sunday.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I see some familiar names in chat. Um, oh, cool. My name is Alex Clark. And I'm the legislative director for Kassaf.
1: I told you that works great. (laughs) See, I said it was a single issue. I felt weird just like talking about vaping. It it felt like um, my first, my very first show before I ever did a show with Karen, who's also a board member of CASA, which I'm noticing a running theme (laughs) with my show um, was about vaping. And it was about the worst hour of radio i ever did so it's it's (laughs) it well i was scared to death but there was a public outdoor ban that was happening in some little podunk town and no one was talking about it i said okay well i i'm doing a show i have to do the show just so i can tell people where to go and when and and I did that, but it was it was the hardest hour of radio I've ever done. I don't know how hosts who just talk about vaping do it every week, but I admire the hell out of them. Now, what I kind of like about the militia shows on Sunday is you guys throw up news stories in there and you, you talk about other stuff. But... Um, Can you? I feel so weird doing this. I know you, we talk all the time. It's just so so weird doing this on the air. Um, Tell me about what's going to happen legislatively this year.
2: Um, Well, I I feel like a broken record at this point. Uh, Taxes, taxes, taxes. Um, We're looking at, uh, we just put out the New York call to action uh, this, this morning, um, mm-hmm. looking at an all out ban on sales of uh, bottled e-liquid there. Um, <clears throat> probably see some, uh, we might see some flavor bans uh, proposed. Um, it, it's just, it, you know, I think last year compared to this year was is mild. Um, yeah. a lot of, a lot of states have had a year to, uh, Kind of the issues be whispered in the ear, Um, so uh, I think you know there's a potential to see harmful uh, legislation in all states this year, except for I think there's one or two that aren't in session.
1: Yeah, Uh, I hadn't seen really anything in Florida except for like the little, the little bans. Those things make me crazy. It's little regional bands you get, like, three hours notice on. I hate that. Yeah, those. that's
2: it's, it's really frustrating, especially for California. Um, Massachusetts is another place. I think oh. that we've sort of seen that pattern. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Florida seems to be getting in that act. It seems like three or four counties or municipalities have uh, yeah. made moves.
1: It's just been, and just, like, the <laughs> I saw estimates that said something about they were expecting at least 100 bills to be filed. Just little regional bills this year. That scared the crap out of me. That's on top of the larger issues. And that's, it's so hard to get people to pay attention to it when we're getting bashed with it. They're getting bashed with it. Um I don't know what you can even do to make it so that people want to hear about this stuff because activism is not sexy. It's not <laughs> like building a dragon twist coil. Um, it's, <laughs> there's nothing sexy about it. All of this stuff is really hard work. It's drudgery. It's boring. And I feel <laughs> So bad for everybody who's getting stuck writing the calls to action. Alex, poor Alex. <laughs> actually, actually, that's Alex's title. Sometimes is is poor Alex. We we feel very bad for him. Um, Waiting through this stuff has got to be. I find that it's it's reading the bills is really slow going. It's monotonous, but you, you tend to after a while sort of notice patterns like you'll see it here and then you'll see it there. And then after a while you will be like, okay, I think this is uh, American Heart Association or American Lung Association. I think this is their legislation and it becomes boilerplate after a while. Um, Massachusetts is particularly bad. Massachusetts has some of the most God awful legislation I've ever seen. And, The one thing that sort of gave me hope um, this last year was what happened in Westminster where so many people showed up because the bill was just so egregious that the idea of it passing was stomach-turning to the average person. I don't know if people will ever get that passionate about like an outdoor vaping pen but you you should because they're starting to pass them they're passing them in little towns in Connecticut and in Massachusetts just little places you've never even heard of and it's not just that I mean they're passing snooze bans. which how do you how do you even ban snooze I want to see a mouth check officer yeah. I want to see somebody go out there with a flashlight and gloves and check everybody's mouth as they walk into a park to make sure that they're not using oral tobacco or chew or dip or snooze. That's, I would like to see that because I think that would be a massive court case.
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure that, uh, Carl successfully, uh, uh, I don't know if circumvent is really the proper word, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, I'm certain that he was snoosing on FDA property and managed to not be caught. So um, I, I don't have confirmation of that if anyone <laughs> official is listening. But I, I have very high confidence that uh,
1: oh. that someone
2: broke that rule and got away with it. So
1: I, I love snooze. <laughs> but when I snooze, <clears throat> I've always used really high nicotine, I've never been able to drop down. If I go below 24, I'm sleeping all the time and I can't like get out of bed. I've got a headache. I can't concentrate. So I actually need 24 milligrams of nicotine. That's what I need to vape with. That's what I vape with. Um, And when I do snooze, I use the really big portions and it looks like I've got dip in my upper lip. So I don't think I could go on FDA property and, uh, successfully make them think I had nothing in my mouth. Just saying.
2: I I have the range. Actually. I'm I'm in a similar boat. I'm, I'm a high, there seems to be a theme here. Actually. I know that Julie is, is high Nick. You're high Nick. I'm, I'm high Nick myself. And, uh, I, I, I recently got into loose snooze, uh, which is somewhat enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, I go through the same thing.
1: Do you use the ice tool?
2: Uh, I do. I got myself a stainless steel ice tool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, from what I understand, see, I've never used um, loose snooze. But from what I understand, the loose snooze is very, very potent. And you don't really need as much of it as you do, like, the portions. So, I'm going to have to try that. But um, I would say the smokeless tobacco tax in Florida is really cost prohibitive for me to order Swedish snooze. So I don't anymore. And this is kind of the problem with high taxation is that it really does limit your choices. And um, I really hope that, um, I kind of hope, things get settled on more of a national level than this little local stuff, it would be nice to see some harmony like there is in the EU where there's just one thing which we really don't have here. And it seems so strange for me to be saying that because I'm um, a very big supporter of the 10th Amendment and nullifying legislation that... Is clearly illegal or is bad, but it would be nice to see one sort of unified legislation to deal with. Because as it is, it's got to be a nightmare for people to sell across state lines, and it looks like it's probably only going to get worse for vendors.
2: Um, well, as as it stands, we don't <clears throat> we don't quite have. Yeah, I mean, sure. Any any kind of interstate trade, uh, I'm sure carries with it its own. I mean, if you're selling bananas, I'm, I'm certain it's you know there's some hurdles. But mm-hmm. uh, as it stands, uh, I don't think there's too much in the way. I'm not a vendor, so I don't know. But
1: right.
2: um, it can really only get worse. Um, <laughs> but uh, good you know, news,
1: everyone. Sorry.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I so I you know I went to the. E- Uh, e-cigarette summit in London um, this year and I had actually kind of been on an email chain and and promised everybody to kind of get back to them with I guess a summary of of our little meeting beforehand and um, things that advocates in the EU could possibly be doing and I've sat down with it several times and tried to write it and I keep just slamming up against the wall it I I I felt the same way I think as, as you do at in the beginning that you know the EU vapors had a very clear and present threat with the TPD and it, it seemed to really rally them. But then to go over there this year and, and listen to a few people talk about just rampant apathy and <clears throat> I think you know they and I'm sorry, very, I don't mean to talk about your country like you're not in the room, but no, okay. <laughs> but you guys, I mean, you guys really are at a really big disadvantage because it's coming from one source. Um, you know, we actually have, you know, because we're looking at this, you know, at municipal and county and state legislations, we have so many more opportunities to have this conversation whereas in Europe it, it seems somewhat limited and um, it's just it's a totally different ball game over there and it's it's very frustrating <clears throat> coming from someone who you know is relatively familiar with you know our style of democracy um, to see that you know I, I just I, I can't even really wrap my head around it it's so uh, it's so different in in, in Europe um, so well, yeah you know
0: It's different and one of the things we of course are doing and we're having some success at is as well as fighting it politically we've been putting pressure on the various governmental public health lot Um, like the UK, uh, a lot of the public health are turning in our favour and that means the politicians then won't have only the ants to listen to they'll have the sensible public health people telling them stuff. So, what yeah, you, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. it, it is very complicated, but you guys also um, I see you rallying. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's very visible. It's very out there. If you're at all knowledgeable about what's going on, you look at people who tweet on Twitter, you look at the American vapors, and then you look at the vapors from the EU. Um, when that Kirby well, yeah, campaign when when that Curbit campaign started. I saw more people from the EU jump all over that. And not that I didn't see people from the United States do it, but I think there's just a general awareness of something happens, we have to react.
0: There was a Muppet joke that had to be made.
1: (laughs) Kermit. Kermit. Yeah. But it's surprising to me how, and I, I think this might go back to when I said the community is very fractured. And it kind of is. And I'm not just talking about across state lines. I'm talking about everywhere. Um, Nothing really upsets me more than when people say the cloud chasers are ruining everything. Volume vapors, cloud chasers, whatever you want to call them, that's completely not fair. All of the stuff we see happening and all of the stuff we see coming was planned a while ago. You're just getting in the way of someone else's plans. Vaping is getting in the way of someone else's plans, and they're going to try to crush it. We're and hurting as the much,
0: pocketbook somewhere, yeah.
1: Yeah, and as much of a nut as that might make me sound like, I think we all know that that's kind of true. Wouldn't you say that, Alex? That it kind of seems that way?
2: Oh yeah, I, I, the, I think the blaming it on <clears throat> blaming it on the cloud chasers is, is just sort of a convenient out. It doesn't. It's not even remotely true. Um, I, I, you know, case in point: New Jersey added electronic cigarettes to their indoor clean air act long before there were powerful enough devices to produce that much vapor. Um, you know, we had that first wave in 2010. Yeah. And you know, people were still rocking egos and, and top <laughs> coil clearomizers. You know, there was no there was no competition vaping back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's that there is a, a puritanical ideology amongst public health people, <laughs> and and that is the source of all of this.
1: I would agree with that, but. um If I really wanted to sound crazy, I would tell you that a lot of the New Jersey legislation comes because the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation headquarters is in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they are able to put a lot of political pressure on people, Um, which, of course, makes sense. They sell Nicoderm CQ. Um, They want their anti-smoking, their cessation products to be as successful as possible and one way to do that is to try to put the kibosh on what is arguably the most successful uh, do I want to call this stop smoking method I can't really I mean I can because I'm not a vendor I have no vendor interest so I can say that but this has clearly been more successful than anything else out there Um, you can look at survey results everywhere. And the survey results will tell you a story. A lot of people picked up vaping with no intention of quitting and they just did. And it's been successful something ridiculous like 38% of the time. Whereas your stop smoking patches, gums and, and drugs have not really been that successful. And some of them also have some really horrific side effects for people. Um, Vaping doesn't do that. I can't say that it's 100% safe. Nothing's 100% safe. Drink enough water and you'll die. Um, But I think I can honestly say it's got to be safer than standing by a campfire all night just in what you're breathing in. But um, people don't... uh, (laughs) I shouldn't say people. Okay. The public health shills don't really want to seem to admit that. Um, that has simply got to be because they know where their funding comes from. And that funding is kind of starting to dry up. So you kind of see, um, actually, Very and I were talking before you came on about uh, Simon Chapman a little bit and um, how it's interesting that he's moved on to kind of wind turbine science and you look at people like um, Stan the mechanic and I'm going to keep calling him that I don't care who can hear me Um, who have been going from place to place to try to institute a ridiculous campaign but that ridiculous campaign has the ability to do damage in the minds of the public why most of us do this. Most of the people who are involved with advocacy want to keep it available, whereas some of the quote-unquote public health people seem like they would be very happy to shut it down. Um, I, I don't know why you joined CASA, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> but I do know why I advocate. Any sort of advocacy I do isn't for me. It's for the guy in line behind me. Why do you do it?
2: Similar reasons. Um, I, you know... It's... You know... I'm in that boat of people who have been talked at for, you know, for two decades, don't smoke. It's bad for you. It's going to kill you. Um, you know, I've, I've been on the receiving end of weird looks because I'm smoking and I've, I've certainly felt judged and and had my, um, you know, it's affected me in a negative way. um, and then I found something that worked, and I stopped smoking. And people still, <laughs> people are still passing judgment. I'm, I'm still being told by the public health establishment that I'm doing something wrong. And I know that's false. And um, I, I just, I'm compelled to tell the truth about it. And, and it, it, it really... I, I don't. I don't get sad about it. I get angry when I see people who uh, have been vaping, and then one of these stories comes out, and they turn around and they say, "Oh, I gotta quit. I gotta give up on this. I'm gonna go back to smoking." Um, that's, that's absolutely horrible. And I, to some extent, I feel like the people responsible for this, you know, for the lies, they, they need to be held accountable at some point. I know I'm probably just dreaming, but um, that's, you know, somehow we've got to be able to to hold these folks accountable. Um, And then, of course, there's just sort of the, you know, we've said it before many times advocacy isn't sexy. Mm -hmm. But I'll I'll tell you, man, this is a hell of a fight. I I mean, there was at one point early on, I think I commented on some. I don't know if it was Gothamist or some New York rag um that just you know they spend most of their time I think nitpicking women's wardrobes um but uh somebody had written an article about you know how vaping is stupid and if you want to be a real man smoke a real cigarette and uh my response was you know I think vaping is probably one of the most subversive things you could be doing right now um it, there's just so much tied up in this. It's a hell of a fight. Um, you know, I, that, I, I don't care about, I don't care about your big coils. I don't care about, you know, your bumper sticker advocacy. Um, you know, strap one on and go testify somewhere. Um, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty rebellious right
1: there. You, um, <laughs> you will never you will never feel as alive or as scared as when you stand up in a room full of people who can't who there are people who are paid to speak against you and they will leave at five Mm o'clock and then there are a room of true believers who bring their kids in in gas masks (laughs) Uh, you think i'm kidding you
2: see no, I do really I don't think I'm that's, that's, that's that's so funny about it
1: <laughs> um and people that will glare at you and yell at you and spit at you, yes, spit at you for daring to disagree with them because they're right um my experience is probably somewhat different than yours because I um went to speak up about. The technicalities and the legalities of banning smoking outdoors in a park. And those people hate you. Those people that are true believers and will hang on till eight and nine o'clock at night, they absolutely hate your guts. And you will never feel that alive again in your life. <laughs> it's scary how crazy these people are. These I miss people, out on
0: that. We don't hmm? really have that. I miss out on that. We don't really have that over here much. But, you don't have but crazy people who over have them. people tend to be aggressive towards me until they meet me, and then when you're six foot and a couple of hundred pounds, they tend to not be quite so aggressive.
1: <laughs> oh, you're just a big teddy bear. People just don't know that. <laughs> but it's it's different being a short, small woman. Yeah, I'm like. I'm lucky if I'm 5'4".
0: That's part of why they do it. They know they can intimidate people.
1: Um, It is intimidating, but it does make you angry. Yeah. Because people in civilized society, which is where we're supposed to be living right now, people do not have the right to treat others that way. We don't treat gay people that way. We don't treat people whose skin is different than ours that way. Um, we don't treat people who are of di- different religious backgrounds than us that way, but we do that, t- when I say we, I mean the royal we, not us here in this room, but the the, the general um, haters, yeah, I'm going to call them haters, that seems like a good word for them, out there feel like it's their sworn duty to be xenophobic about people who like vapor or like smoke, um... It's almost like they have um an excuse to be assholes and they live for it
2: I, that 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 self righteous indignation is is a kind of warm and fuzzy pe- feeling for a lot of people um that's that's it's i'm sure that carries its own addictive potential <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: well the amount of puritanism does seem uh directly related to the vacuity of people's um, lives in some ways they lead such Uh, um, empty lives that they uh, jump on bandwagons and get aggressive fighting crazy things
1: yeah um.
0: I I love Judge Judge Judy when she keeps (laughs) telling people that they need to get more jobs Because they're obviously not busy enough. It's it's that kind of thing.
1: It kind of is, but it's very hard to face a room full of people like that. And to know that the legislators or the Board of Health, whomever you're addressing, you're getting up to speak to, is clearly not on your side. They're on the side of those crazy people. It's very hard to frame words or to express to people in a way they're going to understand what you're trying to tell them. Um, Vapors have somewhat of an advantage with that. Uh, Other groups will never have that advantage. And that's because if you're going to quit smoking, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And that's because people enjoy it. I know um, I enjoyed smoking. I loved smoking. I never wanted to quit smoking. Loved it in ways you can't even imagine. And I was a big clove smoker. Um, But they made those illegal. (laughs) And that made not giving my government, my tax money, easier. It Vaping was my personal way to starve the beast. What it wanted most was my money, but it also wanted to take that money and give it to anti-smoking organizations to persecute me and people like me, people I had never met. My mother, my father, my brothers. And when you say vaping is one of the most subversive things you can ever do, you're right. You're subverting the tax man, you're subverting the the healthism rhetoric. You're subverting all of that. And there's something kind of neat and cool about it. Although I don't think I would ever admit that to anybody in public health. So Yeah. Um, this is going to be a busy year for legislation yeah it is (laughs) I saw earlier today you were saying well I can can probably work on this call to action and someone far smarter than you and far blonder than you said no I think one (laughs) call to action today is probably enough and that's the avenue we're going to be heading down this year one call to action today might be enough. That's scary. That means for as long as they're in session, there's probably going to be one a day from either us or the vaping militia or you know one of the local groups. At at least one a day, every single day. Yeah, and- those are
2: just those are just releases. By the way, um, I was working on that call to action while I was working on the other. Um, fortunately or unfortunately depending on how you look at it' um, <clears throat> gotten to a point where you know we, we've seen a lot of this stuff already be it at the local level or already in states so we're it, it's kind of sad but we're actually developing boilerplate for these calls to action so it's it's actually becoming a little bit more copy and paste um, just got to change the bill number and the you know the name of the state um, but uh, but yeah it's they might come out one a day, but they're coming in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're coming in in multiples. They're coming in droves. Yeah. They're coming in like waves. Yeah. This was kind of the one thing I always knew was going to happen. I always knew it was going to be really bad. And I always wondered, you know, how we were going to wake people up about it. You know, that... Okay, you, you you saw when the aunties went after um, I guess you probably don't remember. I'm older than you. Not by much, but I'm older than you. I'm old enough that I can remember when you could smoke damn near anywhere. Oh, I remember. Um, <laughs> and then I remember the aunties just saying, okay, well we, we really think You can go without a cigarette on a flight longer than four hours. That was John Banzaff, that jackass, who really got behind that push. We saw what happened from that. It took them 20 years. But if you're not vigilant and you don't beat this crap down now, in 20 years, the only place you'll be able to vape is in a blanket, in the woods, in the dark, with a flashlight. I don't know any other way to put it. These people are ruthless. We're standing in the way of their money. We're standing in the way of their continued success at their chosen horrible, horrible work. And they won't stand for it. But I don't think we're the type of people to go down without a fight.
2: Now, I, you know, I think there's always going to be the prohibitionist contingent and um, there's, there's hopefully always going to be um, a group of people speaking out against that ridiculous notion <laughs> that even makes effective policy. Um, I just, yeah, I, you know, tobacco has been around in, in Western culture for over 400 years. Mm-hmm. I, I got it. Say it's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, it's just not the, the, the uh, you know the, the real. I, I think one of the really important things to highlight is is the anti the anti nicotine fantasy that they can they can implement some sort of end game. Um, you know, it gets into you know whenever you see that um, the. Uh, uh, wow, I can't believe I don't know what it is. Ends. whenever you see yeah. ends in, in code or in, in, in articles, um, you know, that's part of this whole kind of trying to, I, I don't know if it's, it's what they have to tell themselves to sleep at night or if that's just, they've just decided that that's the only acceptable version of vaping is a part of the end game strategy. I, I just, that, uh, it's never gonna make any sense. It's just and it's just not possible.
1: No. It it all has to be about choice, and I kind of wish the people in charge the rot goes deep. Um the public health rot goes really deep. It's hard to excise a cancer that's grown that deep. But there are people in public health who do honestly give a damn about people and those, some of those people are, are starting to listen and that's a good thing and I think you'll find that most people who've actually been exposed to e-cigarette vapor and to people who vape don't actually have a problem with it it's all these anti-nuts Running around, framing these stories, um, that make it seem, I think, so much worse than it is. Although I will say, um, since the last batch of really bad stories have started, I have noticed people like finger pointing and waving at paper outdoors, which I think is hilarious that's funny, but it's not. But, wait,
2: finger pointing and waving for outdoors. Like
1: they bang. Yeah. I've seen it, but I, I think I, I really do. Wait, you
2: have seen that... people on the street, like yeah. yell at folks. Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous.
1: Well, it is like how, like,
2: how dare you do that around my precious children?
1: Is it, <laughs> is... <laughs> but it happens. And that's, the really bad part about them having all the money. The only people we can directly affect are people whose lives we directly touch. But there are a lot of us, and a lot of us are a lot more determined. It's not about the money. It's about the truth of it. And telling the truth is the most powerful weapon we have. It's always been. The most powerful weapon we have. Because it's not a weapon. It's just fact. And public health knows this. You, you Julie Westner could tell you. For years we've watched this woman. Prue Talbot. Just dig and dig and dig. And it took her years. To find. A couple of e-cigarette flavors that looked like they might do some sort of cellular damage to, like, stem cells, which is, like, I think, if I remember the experiment correctly, they directly immersed them in, like, cinnamon flavor, like, full-strength cinnamon flavor, and it, it did have a reaction. So, she finally got her paper to write about, and... When she did that, it was like the floodgates to all the really bad science just opened. You can tell bad science. You don't have to be a scientist to know when it's bad, especially if you know more about the subject than the people writing about it. But that was when the floodgates of bad press kind of started. And now it's kind of equal. Some of the press is good, some of the press is bad, but that bad press is starting to affect some people, and that's a hard battle to fight.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I just remembered that uh, somebody—I um, can't remember where they were from—but they gave a present. Their presentation was about cinnamon at the uh, the, the most recent FDA. Uh, Talk or session, whatever the last one they had back in December.
1: Right.
2: Uh, I just, I can't believe it took, I I just connected the dots on that. (laughs) Well, it it was, it was, it was one of those presentations where it's like, you know, okay, we're here to discuss these products and you're, 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 you know, I think they had probably just heard a presentation about the wide range of things. Um, (laughs) And this person comes up and decides to talk about cinnamon, I guess, as a way to, I don't know to, to open up that door of, and we don't know what else is, is acts like cinnamon does under oh. these very specific conditions
1: right but I mean you know then what they really ought to do is ban loose cinnamon because then you won't have idiots on YouTube doing the cinnamon challenge you know yeah, then, what I'm talking about right? <laughs> then we it, won't yeah. have anything to laugh at
2: <laughs> yeah that's I like Fail Army.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um that that bit of ridiculousness kind of seemed like it opened the door. I don't know why, but it just did. But uh Julie's actually right because clearly women like to soak their fetuses in cinnamon before they have children. It just makes it much more pleasant aromatherapeutic experience in the hospital. (laughs) I don't think... I don't think when I started vaping, I imagined I would still be doing this five years later, and I didn't imagine I would still be doing the activism stuff. I really thought for sure we would be done with this by now. But we aren't it's just going to be one of those long kind of slow march type things which is fine that's just the way it's going to be i kind of wonder do you think we can hold people's attention for another 20 years
2: i i think it's going to get more i you know, earlier you Talking and whenever we talk about advocacy, it always goes back to that. You know, how do we get people involved? People who are not involved, and so on. Um, we're just getting started. I mean, it's it's honestly. Um, I don't, I wasn't on this side of the curtain last year, but I I, I feel like I've noticed. Um, you know, one of the things that kind of concerns me a bit is that now we have more and more people that have actually taken our advice and are paying attention to their state legislatures and are, are monitoring bills. Um, and so they find a bill, and then they come into our, our Facebook group, or they send us an email, and there's you can you can sense the panic. Um, it's usually followed, you know, it's, I found this bill, and well, what are we going to do about it <laughs> now? And. Yeah you know, it, it is a much, there's a process to it. You know, we mm-hmm. we need to read the bill, we need to see, you know, what other parts of the code might be affected and so on. And mm-hmm. then we formulate a plan and we put together a call. But we don't just, you know, this isn't, we're not shooting from the hip here. There's actually, you know, things to do. So like I said, I wasn't on this side of the curtain last year, but it seems like there may have been an uptick in that kind of Uh, you know, monitoring from, from people in, in, in their, you know, locally and at the state level, um, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I will say, uh, so there's an estimated two to three million people in the United States that use electronic cigarettes exclusively, um, out of, you know, six or seven million people that have used Mm them, um, or, or use them casually. Um, uh, out of that number, Kassah uh, has thirty-three thousand people on our email list, which we count as members. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're just we're just getting started. I think we're kind of I have this sense that we're reaching kind of a critical mass where, you know. Where we're going to release something and it's going to spread like wildfire, and and more and more people are going to get involved, more and more people are going to take action. Um, so I, I, I hate to be the the you know rainbow and unicorn optimist here, but
1: <laughs> uh, somebody needs to be. It's, it's good. It's good. It's good. Julie was getting sick of being the lone Pollyanna.
2: <laughs> Pollyanna, that's the word. Yeah.
1: Um, um I don't know. If- People heard earlier because we don't generally have phones on this show because horrible things happen when we have phones. But uh, the call in (laughs) number is 347 308 8329. And press one when the lovely British woman speaks if you would like to speak or ask a question. Um, I'm just putting that out there. Um, Oh, sorry. I bumped the microphone. Um, I'm not used to this. My husband actually got me for Christmas. The swing away arm microphone which is really kind of nice um, normally I was fighting with the microphone and trying to read stuff when I was on the air I don't have that anymore but I'm not used to having it so close to my face and I just bumped it so I'm sorry if that made any weird sort of noise there I'm funny. still ge- still getting used to the face um-
0: my microphone <laughs> is just above my head so as long uh. as I don't stand up quickly <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think um, what's really kind of important is that I I see people getting involved where I didn't last year. I see people posting stories and things, um, and they might not be the world's greatest things, but they are starting to get more involved. And I'll tell you something. Because i read so much i'm surprised i'm not ready to scream yet if you're looking for local legislation that might pertain to you if you see any story in your local newspaper that mentions smoking you might want to follow up on that because um that's what the anti seem to be doing now is changing the definition of smoking am i correct in that
2: yeah, that and in places where, you know, New Orleans is a really good example. Um, it, they're, you know, they're talking about, and actually I think, um, uh, I can't pronounce her last name. I'm going to butcher it. Juliette toursey
1: Torsi.
2: Torsi, yeah. Torsi. Um, she had, had, had posted a couple of uh, articles uh, and was uh, very... Uh, and and pointed out that a lot of the news coverage out of New Orleans is focusing on the smoking and they're not they're not reporting the fact that I think in in some places it's an all-out tobacco ban uh, and of course it includes electronic cigarettes um, so uh, and this is in in places that don't have uh, anti or you know smoking ordinances already yeah. so Kentucky um, uh Alaska's is a little bit different. Um, uh, I'm, that's another bill that I'm going to be looking at this week. Um, right. and, and New Orleans. New Orleans didn't have a citywide smoking ordinance. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you don't have a smoking ordinance in your town, definitely look into that because including electronic cigarettes is all the rage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the new way of doing things Well yes, um,
0: I mean the WHO Has decided that it's not Smoking that's the problem, it's nicotine And all the other groups are just Following that
1: Well, yeah, but Who, who funds the World Health Organization I mean we really don't want to get me off On a, a toot about the who again That was bad <laughs> last time That was two hours of me Solid ranting about them, I don't think we want me To do that again But um, a lot of their funding is pharmaceutical-based. So they don't get to choose which programs they would like to do. They are restricted by the funds that are given to them, which is a shame because, you know, cholera, AIDS, Ebola, these all seem like worthwhile things to spend your time on.
0: No, it's far more important to have a nice dinner in Moscow than it is to fight Ebola.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With caviar. Don't forget, they had caviar. Several
0: different types of caviar.
1: My favorite thing that woman ever said was, there's all these people dying, there's like 4,000 people dead. And she's in Moscow and she stands up at this dinner and they've got it on film. And she says, well, of course I had to be here. I know Ebola is a polarizing issue. But I'm not a single issue president, really. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I've never seen an organization focus so much on lifestyle disease. Yeah, I mean, Nancy
0: has spent nearly two years uh, fighting against nicotine, so she's not one issue. Yeah, Mm, it's a bit odd that.
1: Yeah, she's. Yeah, Chan. uh, Margaret Chan, I have no respect for her. I have very little respect for her organization. Um, It seems to me if you have a writer or a document, a policy document that says you're supposed to take care of health care in places where it's least available, you probably shouldn't be focusing on the first world the third world has loads of issues you could be making some progress ah, but
0: they're claiming that what what they do in the first world will filter through down to the third world because they're just following oh. what we're doing oh
1: so it's, it's trickle down health yeah. economics trickle. it is yeah that's, that's the
0: way they do it that's the way they get their reasoning
1: oh my god trickle down health economics so it's, it works so well economically here um <laughs> But, yeah, no, you're right. That's exactly what they claim. And it is just that. It's just a claim. And it means nothing. But, yeah. They pretty much make the call. Well, I say they make the call, but that's not true. There are two people they have that write almost all their policy on cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, nicotine, smoking, tobacco. And those two people are Simon Chapman and Stanton Glantz. I I keep coming back to them and harping on them, but they're directly involved in a lot of this policy making. You know, they're being paid to write these policy papers that the who basically regurgitate and then the public health people take as gospel. So they're, as much as we make fun of them and call them clowns or whatever, uh, they're much more deeply involved than we give them credit for.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, yes. Mechanic the Hutt uh, receives... Big chunks of money from the WHO, right? Nonsense. Because mm-hmm. it's great. He just uh, he just changes the date and title of <laughs> the document he's written for something else and hands it to the WHO. Fantastic money earner he's got there.
1: Yeah, Alex.
2: I, I had a question. You have to forgive my ignorance a bit about okay. the, the WHO, um, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I had this discussion maybe with you or someone else. But they. I mean, so what happens if a country says, no, we're not going to take your policy under consideration?
1: No, well, we're not going to
2: implement this whatever article.
1: Well, you know, they, they signed a treaty, and most treaties are banning over your own country's legislation. That's they, just the way sign- you – that's the way UN policy works. When they signed the, um, the tobacco control treaty – Mm -hmm. as a lot of countries did we signed but we never ratified so it means nothing to america but a lot of other countries signed it and that means it supersedes their own laws whatever the world health organization decides to implement other countries are supposed to the problem is with a lot of these third world countries they um they really don't have good health infrastructure so any sort of health care they would be getting is kind of dependent upon doing what the World Health Organization says. So they're essentially blackmailing these countries to do what they want them to do. And it's not just that. In World Health Organization funding is also in an odd way tied into IMF funding and World Bank funding. And both the IMF and World Bank um, take the same position as the World Health Organization. So if you were a very poor country and you needed money to get yourself out of debt, your lender of last resort is like the IMF and the World Bank. But if you don't do what the World Health Organization says, they're not going to help you out either. It, it's yeah, the, really it's the, really ugly. A strong
0: example of, yeah, that in action is Ireland. They yeah. are the poster boys at the minute for anti-smoking and... All these health drives, when in fact they have some of the worst figures in the world. But because they've agreed to absolutely everything the WHO has said, eh, they've received loads of funding from various UN organisations and keep getting brought up as look how wonderfully they're dealing with all these health issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're doing great. They're doing great. Um, are, are the Catholics and Protestants still throwing rocks at each other? Yeah, I just thought I would ask. Wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I had a grandmother who grew up over there and came here.
0: Yeah, it's like so. a weekend thing. Go out for a drink, <laughs> fight the other religion. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's very deeply ingrained in Ireland. That's that's the way they deal with each other. Um, yeah, well,
0: I wouldn't mind so much, but some of it leaked over to Scotland. <laughs>
1: but it leaks over everywhere. Yeah. Um, the I, the IRA bombings. Those were everywhere. I, I can remember when I was a kid, I'd never really seen terrorism before.
0: Yeah. And then... Well, that's that's why the UK is so relaxed over the current terrorist stuff. It's because <laughs> we've been through it before. <laughs> yeah. We had a hundred years of terrorists blowing stuff up. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Oh, did you survive? Good. Okay. We mainly yeah, survived
0: by mostly ignoring them.
1: <laughs> well... But um, you're right about Ireland. Ireland's got some pretty horrible, horrible tobacco control.
0: Well, it's when you've got their tobacco control people discussing how they can ban uh, cigarette holders. Because then people won't be able to move the cigarettes from the fantastic plain package containers (laughs) into another container.
1: Oh, they tried to, to ban the pack wraps. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Australia the, did that, the, yeah. the over wraps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Australia. Australia's yeah, another Ireland place.
0: They're even trying to figure out a way to ban small boxes that can hold cigarettes.
1: <laughs> you know, and you think all this stuff is just James Riley just being a jackass, but really, it's actually their government agreeing to all this stuff with the World Health Organization and... and Letting a nut like James Riley take it to the next possible level. And he comes up with just some doozies. You read some of that stuff and you cringe. Yeah. I read it and I go, thank God I don't live there.
0: Yeah, and allegedly he's supposed to be a doctor. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, Glance is an honorary cardiologist, so, you know.
0: Well, no, do- Riley was actually a GP, so yeah. I don't know what his excuse is.
1: It's the money, baby. Yeah. It's always the money.
0: And again, uh, there's a great connection between the two of them. If you put them side by side, you know, you'd block <laughs> out an awful lot of light.
1: I, I, my favorite thing that Stanton Glantz has ever said, and I knew this was going to go off the rails, but that's okay. My favorite thing Stanton Glantz has ever said, and you can look this up in the Legacy Library. Not that I'm obsessed, and not that I know some stuff just from memory, but. Yeah, I do. And yeah, I've read a lot of hideous crap from the Legacy Library. But if you go to Legacy Library and look up like Stanton Glantz, you'll find a lot of stuff that he's written. Um, which I don't recommend you read if you like, you know, keeping your food down. It's really bad. But my favorite thing he's ever said was they asked him in an interview about his weight because he was in public health and shouldn't he be setting a good example? This was a college newspaper, and this clipping is in Legacy Library. Why I have no idea. He says, "Well, you know, I might like to have a few cookies, but at least I'm not smoking." Yeah, a few cookies, really? He, yeah,
0: he's he's expanding faster than a helium
1: balloon. There's a picture of him somewhere in a white, you know, one of those white puffy jackets that, like, (laughs) he looked like he looked like the Michelin Man. I I really I need to maybe, stop.
0: Maybe maybe he was hoping to get on a new <laughs> Ghostbusters film or something. Yeah.
1: The stay puff marshmallow man. There we go. Um I'm I'm so, sorry this was actually supposed to be really serious.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm here.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> um So, yeah, you asked me about the who and and we talked about how all their all this funding is just sort of intermingled and kind of tainted. Uh, the source funding is pretty much tainted. I think we can look at it that way. Um, the other thing I've, I've really noticed when you try to look up a lot of funding by certain companies now, they've, they've instituted this like sort of block grant thing, which is just the freakiest thing I've ever seen. It's very hard to untangle exactly where the money is going. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what had changed. Well, I'm going to say something nice about Obamacare. So people who aren't willing to listen to that, you might want to block your ears. There's actually a part in Obamacare that makes it mandatory that these companies disclose who they're funding and for how much. And, they're doing it technically but not really technically they're sort of doing it but they're not really telling you where it goes so that's a problem that needs to be addressed if we're going to have a sort of sunshine fund, a sort of shining the light in the dark places then we really need to go all the way with it and we're not and that that in itself is a problem with the Affordable Health Care Act. There are many more, but I won't go into those tonight because I promised we would talk about vaping. Hmm. <laughs> I did. <coughs> um,
0: well, I, I, could, I could point out that you could talk about it because you could say that lots of these insurance companies are using uh, the cotinine nicotine tests to say vapors are still smokers. And thus um, charge them more.
1: Yeah, they are. But it's it's actually somewhat more insidious than that. When we're talking about reading these stories in the news, um, there are actually towns now that are just instituting these nicotine tests on new hires. Yep. And it doesn't matter if it's a patch or the gum or an e cigarette or an eggplant. Yeah. And at all. You can't have it in your system at all. Some of the towns are actually moving on to hair hair tests. Well, yeah, they really have to use hair tests because
0: every human being on the planet who eats any sort of vegetable matter will have traces of nicotine in their system because it's part of the way we absorb vitamins.
1: I don't really... I'm not on ECF much, but I can remember... There was a vegetarian girl on there a few years ago who vaped zero nick, and she kept failing all all the codeine tests. Couldn't figure out why. Well, most of her diet is eggplant. Eggplant. Well, it's, tomatoes. it's
0: not just that to break down vitamins, you need riboflavin,s and so you get codeine based drugs, or that's what your body uses to break down vitamins. So your body converts. Um, vegetable proteins into cotinines so some of these um, companies that are testing they mm-hmm. set their levels stupidly low and are catching people that have never touched um, how you would put it, conventional nicotine ever <laughs> you know, somebody that just eats a lot of vegetables <laughs> yeah. can end which up is, failing the test which it doesn't even have to be eggplant because it's in potatoes, tomatoes, most of the root vegetables.
1: Well, they fi- they found it in tea.
0: Yeah. Oddly well, tea's a uh, related plant species, so yeah.
1: Yeah, which it just, that always struck me as odd that it was in black tea. Yeah. I've been doing this stuff way too long.
0: <laughs> Thomas, ban <banned laughs> vegetables. Well, yeah, I believe there were places in the world that decided to ban nicotine until it was pointed out to them that that meant vegetables as well
1: reason is sometimes hard to get through to public health people i think yeah um so i was yeah i was saying about these the hair tests um that also infringes on your time away from work i mean i can understand saying you can't vape while you're working Okay, but away from work, that just seems um, oddly creepy.
0: <laughs> well, yes, um, you've then become a completely controlled um, health state instead of a police state. Yeah.
2: Well, just, I, it, it just... It, I, I,
1: <coughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> How?
2: I can understand, you know, all of the the, the anti drug messaging that we saw in the you know eighties and nineties, the frying pan girl, and pictures of just people strung out on the gutters and all that imagery that goes with it. But where did where did nicotine become so damn evil? I mean, I just it didn't. I, I can't. Process that and, and no, I can't understand somebody telling me not to use a nicotine product at work. I I I vape at my desk constantly. Okay. I, I'm I'm in New Jersey, I'm not allowed to, but I don't have anybody <laughs> standing over my shoulder to, you know, enforce the law. Right. So um yeah, and that's that's kind of a Jersey attitude, by the way, which is why advocacy <laughs> is so slow to pick up here. People just don't care. Um and but I, I just no, it's not, it's not uh, uh, impairing my judgment, my, my motor function, it's not, I, I'm not trading sexual favors in the park for a, a, a pack of cigarettes, you know, like, there is, there's, there's just no, that whole concept of, of deviant behavior does not apply to consuming nicotine in any form, so I just don't. I don't get it. I, I mean, we are we? I, I I guess this is a rhetorical question. Are we really that stupid?
1: I don't think we are, but I think the people writing your policies are not your policies, but those policies. I think the people writing those policies are that stupid.
2: I mean, I um, understand the, the policy guys. You know, they're 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 placating the the, the voters. They're you know. They, they, they hear the vocal minority making a lot of noise and they pay a lot of people to come and show up at the hearings and mm-hmm. they've got the money to fund the campaigns, obviously. Or, right. no, okay, so currying the favor of the voters is really about getting the money to stay in office and run your extravagant campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they're just, you know, essentially sock puppets. <laughs> well. But it's, it's, the, it's the other folks that are like, you know, yeah, nicotine is horrible, <laughs> it's going to destroy your children. I just,
1: what? <laughs> but the, but that's relatively recent. If you look, it, all right, if I look back like two and a half years, that wasn't, that didn't really happen. That started when vaping started taking off. And I mean, I could go back through two years worth of stories because uh, I do that stupid Twitter paper every day, and I can look back through two and a half years of stories, and I can tell you, two and a half years ago, this wasn't like this. This is something relatively new, and it tells me that it's related to e-cigs and to vaping. That's where all that came from.
0: Um, um, Yeah, it's not just nicotine either. Uh, If you look at some of the stuff the WHO, amongst others, were. Hosting just after that uh, COP six in Moscow, yeah, they're being quite open that they're after uh, sugar and nicotine next. So, yeah, well, uh, sugar and caffeine should I say?
1: Well, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be I, the
0: war on I, caffeine. Yeah, It's coming soon.
1: Of course, it's coming soon. I have um, Julie. I hate these people. Julie, <laughs> I, hate yeah, these people. <laughs> I hate them too. Um, that's kind of <laughs> how the show got the name Antinanny um But (laughs) um, Julie Western, I have a friend whose name is J.K. And J.K. always said he knew someday they were going to go after caffeine. I used to find these stories every once in a while where somebody would say, you need to ban caffeine. I would hand them to him and he would just go off on this freaking rant. It was hilarious. But the idea that they're seriously considering going after this now that's scarier than I imagined I always knew they they don't agree with the liberalization of the drug policy in the United States where states are just going yeah we don't care what the federal government says We're, we're nullifying this you can have medical marijuana or you can have recreational marijuana here um The World Health Organization is dead set against that. Um, I never really imagined they would go after caffeine. But their world has to be the dullest, grayest, most colorless world to live in. I don't think anybody wants to live like that. And I don't think anybody really has any reasonable... Thought that the World Health Organization is really after this stuff. Well, for the most part, most people think the World Health Organization are these good guys.
0: Yeah, I I know for a fact all these mad campaigners are not sitting at home drinking filtered water and only eating cucumber and celery (laughs) because everything else (laughs) is kind of potentially dangerous, but not too much celery because it's got quite a lot of acids in it.
1: sit down and eat your gruel, hurry up and wrap yourself in bubble wrap and drink your filtered water, but only a teaspoonful at a time. Oh, did you see, since we're talking about the World Health Organization, did you see where they expanded their policy um, to go after swimming? Yeah. Swimming is a public health danger. Yeah. um, Not being able to swim drowning is a horrible, horrible public health danger, and they need to eradicate that. I'm like, ban water? What, what Unless you're advocating to give everyone swimming lessons, which I'm fine with, you really have no business saying you're going to get in there and help the government set policies to stop the drowning epidemic.
0: Yeah, whoever came up with that one, you need to attach a very, very heavy ball and chain to them and (laughs) strand them in the middle of the Atacama. And then they can have no water. Until back to fighting
2: the war on rock and roll that was so much more fun <laughs> oh my God,
1: yeah, but all the fights are essentially the same. All of this is essentially against the same sort of people, the same sort of people who like Tipper Gore, did not want you to hear music with a curse in it or couldn't stand it if you listened to wasp. Back in the 80s. Yeah, I'm sorry. I remember that stuff. Um, They're essentially the same kind of people that want to create something that goes beyond the nanny state and goes right into the bully state, where you will live as I see fit. And that's all any of us are really fighting against. With every municipal ban, with every declaration from Brussels... It's all the same thing. It's all that same mindset. So, those same joyless Puritans are the same everywhere, no matter where you go. Then, that's basically what you're fighting. You're fighting stupidity with common sense. That's all any of us are doing. And I think we're doing a good job.
0: Well, a brilliant story. I think it was Clive Bates. He's got a brother who's very anti-vaping for some reason. And he's having a conversation with him. Clive mentioned that, well, how about this glass of wine we're having with dinner? So <laughs> it's like, right. you, you don't say all alcohol should be banned, even though it causes more problems than nicotine does. And you're sitting here with the glass of wine. I mean, it's, it's, it's little tricks like that that unfortunately we need to uh, resort to. To well, try and uh, get through oh, these yeah. pe- to these people because they've got their defences up and if you try normal reasoned scientific debate they're just going to ignore it. It's just going to bounce off their shield. You have to try <laughs> and get to the person and that's much harder.
1: It, it's harder to th- and I'll tell you it's harder to think of these people as people. It really is. When they're going after something you care about, something you love, something that in one way or another makes your life a little less gray or dreary. It's really hard to think of these people as people who have families and jobs and friends and lives because they just seem like killjoys. So the idea that you can reach them as people is uh, that's that's actually really I'm. Sure, I've thought of it before, but I never took it to its next logical conclusion, which was you have to speak to these people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, bravo. Good point. Reach them as people. And I will say, for most vapors, if you tell legislators your stories, if they take the time to read it, if they will meet you face to face and see you as a person that's going to make a far greater impact than anything else you'll probably ever do because yes. we are I mean, at the end of the day all people
0: you can have a petition with 10,000 names it's the equivalent to a dozen letters which is equivalent to one person talking to a legislator yeah. that's, that's actually, kind of the scale
1: I actually remember that from when – and this is where I think in a way the EU is very lucky that it has Dave Dorn standing up and and saying a lot of the stuff that he is. But he really hopped on on people and harped on them to go see their legislators and speak to them. And I I think we probably are all going to need to do that.
0: Yeah. They can't ignore – a mass of people telling them the same thing. That's that's politics. Yeah. Well, they, the, the more people that see them, they know that's more of their voter base because they work on percentages. <laughs> so for the legislators, that's yeah. some of the best way to affect them is to make them think, oh God, how many people think this way? Am I going to have to take consideration of this in my next campaign? Yeah.
1: yeah. It's the logical extension of the I vape, I vote thing is -hmm. to actually go and physically talk to them. And I've talked about this before. I've been involved in a lot of different kinds of advocacy for a really long time. And we max out, all advocacy maxes out at about 5%. We need to do better than that. I think we can do better than that. Don't you think we can do better than that?
2: I think we might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I look at, at the participation numbers for some of the campaigns that we put together and I know we're doing better than 5%. Um of course that's just emailing. Um but uh, at least on that front, um we're in the 7 to 10% range.
1: Wow. That's huge. So, yeah with with EFF and some of the others 5 5% was your magical number that's what you were looking for so that's great
2: that uh, that and i right? think I, you know i think the, the the way that the trend is going <clears throat> i think that we i think we will get to that point where people are inspired to take a meeting face to face with their with their lawmakers I, th- I think it's already happening some of those some of those folks are sort of the advocacy elite
0: um,
2: and they, you know, they rise to positions of of leadership, I think rather quickly, but uh, you know, I, I, want to see, I want to see the older demographic who have experienced success with these products and, you know, they have grandchildren and, and, and um, you know, the nice little old ladies that switch to vaping that can go say, you know, maybe 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 squeeze out a few tears.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all we all need more vaping point loses to be showing up places.
1: Yeah. Um I think a lot of this stuff is it's harder to reach people than people think. But I know when I went and talked to Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio was very nice. Um I'm not a fan. I really don't like him. I I like Nelson much less. Who's my other uh duly elected leader? Um and he was very I don't care. So you'll be able to tell the people who you might be able to sway when you meet with them. So Yeah those um it's actually really not super hard to get a meeting with your congress critter they have they have off well a lot of them have off-site office hours now um does require you to subscribe to their horrible horrible newsletter and no one wants to read that but it does tell you when they're having like off-site time in this town or in this town and if you would like to make an appointment, how you can go about it and do that. So, I mean that that's also a tool. I, I think it's a vastly underutilized tool, and it's overlooked most of the time.
0: Well, I can tell you that's why we had the success we had in Europe was people going and talking face to face with elected officials, and um, you can have as many letter writing, email. Stuff, Twitter bombs. Yeah, it's not going to be as effective as people going and seeing their representatives.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it's. That's exactly what it's going to come down to. You have to be willing to go spend the gas money and take a trip and go see these people and let them see that you're a human being, not a shell. Company did not pay you to do this. Now, when well, you I mean, go meet the same, with them, it's the
0: same with these. The all the calls to action is getting people to these hearings to speak Mm -hmm. personally to that damn panel and go look we're here hi there's loads of us
1: Yeah, that's the hard part it is I mean for the people who show and for the people who do all the right things that's not always a guarantee I mean look at what's happened to Hawaii Hawaii's really got hit hard for no reason look at California you couldn't have more outspoken people than you do in California you could not um, and uh, look I, I at the I don't mean there.
0: To, to to sound um, judgmental but yeah California's just a bit strange though
1: so is Massachusetts <laughs> and California I would like to dump both of them in the water personally and just well, California's
0: going to end up there at some point anyway uh, <laughs>
1: um, so yeah but people can shame, do uh,
0: the mechanics bit probably won't
1: mm-hmm. mm, well I have a friend who actually lives in the town where USFC is like lives in that area USFC actually has people patrolling like off the grounds to make sure that people aren't vaping and smoking, I'm like, that's just crazy. Well, it's within our campus. Well, people are walking down the fucking street. Sorry, um, <laughs> you know, come on now. Yeah, it might be against the law, but really, USFC cops are doing this. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rancid there.
0: Well, I mean, if you're if you're outside their premises and these people come up and harass you, call the police on them. This person's assaulting me.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> you're probably breaking the law. God knows how that'll go in California.
0: Well, yeah. You
1: you so. seem to f- you seem to forget we have a few um we have some police hiccups here.
0: Yes, I, I am aware of certain this, things. But yeah, but yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the only way you can really deal with that. Unfortunately, it's yeah, like well, yeah, they're, they're breaking the law by harassing you. Mm -hmm. I mean it's not their if they're not on their property they can't say anything to you it's that simple like all these businesses that you know like Starbucks coffee you cannot vape within so many meters of our entrance there's no way they can afford that you
1: can't (laughs) well you can't vape you can't um, there's a lot of things you can't legally do in Starbucks I don't go there anymore
0: I never did Coffee's i I well, anyway.
1: well it's not well, I love Sumatra coffee they're one of the only places that carries like an affordable brand um so affordable it it's just such a weird I have really bad acid reflux, and Sumatra's the only coffee I can drink that doesn't like kill me so I'm a big fan of it and Starbucks was like one of the only places you could go and get a cup of Sumatra.
0: Yes, Sumatran and um, Javan coffees are much less acidic. Yeah. They're much smoother. It's my favourite coffees. Yeah. Old old brown or old mature Java. Brilliant coffee. Well. And the highest in caffeine content, funnily enough.
1: (laughs) Yay! I knew there was a reason I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they mature the beans longer, so yeah.
1: And it's. I just love it. It's delicious. But, it, like I said, it's very hard to find locally. So, um, yeah, now I just uh, buy it online, make it at home.
0: Well, yeah, one of the, one of the best places to get Java is uh, the Grumpy Mule Coffee brand. They do uh, they do a Java coffee or, hmm. and Sumatran. So, yeah. <laughs> so you can watch out for those.
1: Yeah. Well, it would probably be much cheaper for me to import that than to... Buy a cup of Starbucks every day.
0: Well, um, probably yeah.
1: But yeah, and,
0: and the wherever you bought it from will probably actually be paying their tax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're not good at that. There, they well, not just them. Um, Amazon's real bad at that too. In the UK, uh, funnily well, enough, but everywhere, um, in fact Yeah, I promised we weren't going to go into other subjects. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 oh hey i I had a new shiny moment. Just call me Jeannie um Jeannie has those a lot on this show, but uh, she couldn't be here tonight. She hurt her back, something fierce, oh. so she's not really up to that, but we did put the phones up in case she wanted to call in. um, I guess nobody did, so I guess we've had an well, entertaining yeah, I mean, they've
0: only got thirteen minutes before the phones go off again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you've got something to say, now would be the time. Um, but I think it's been an entertaining couple hours. It hasn't been too bad. Um, wasn't bad for the second show I've done completely about vaping. My first one was so bad I wanted to crawl under a rock and die. But um, this one turned out good. So thank you both for that. Um, don't... I don't know. Do you have any... What do you think the year ahead holds? I mean, in your opinion. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I I said I said oh this this I won't put you on the spot. It's going to be a nice and relaxed, chilled out show.
2: <laughs> oh no, it's cool. I I, I, uh, I haven't thought too much about predictions though because I, I'm really just trying to stay above water with what's coming down the pike. And I, I hate to say, oh, I predict there's going to be a lot of legislation, um, cause that's, <laughs> that's getting kind of old. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I had said something, something, I, I just, I, I think, I think the, the anti-nicotine rhetoric and, and, and all of some of these articles, I, I just think it's going to reach a fever pitch if it hasn't already. Um, you know one of the things I was kind of playing around with which really isn't much of a prediction but um, you know the legislation is one thing but just this continued messaging and and this conversation that not so much that we're having but that we're we're having to struggle so hard to jump in on and, and offer some course correction. Um, even where bills are not being introduced, it, the messaging that's coming from the anti is, is really, really damaging. And, I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know what to do about that. You know, I I, I, I kind of catch glimpses of, you know, maybe we need to, you know, I know that, like, the ADA was formed to be kind of the PR arm of of the vaping advocacy world, um, but that PR is really expensive, and, yeah. uh, cool. you know, I, I, I almost feel like we need to get to a point where we're producing, you know, actual radio, and, and television is just out of the question, but... <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I I, I kind of feel like at some point we or somebody needs to get to a point where we can produce these ads that, you know, are paid for by so-and-so group. Um, We need to kind of, we really need, I don't know if we're going to have to just rely on catching a break or if there's... If somebody with millions of dollars is going to bankroll this effort, <laughs> but it, we really need to break out of the vaping community. I mean, we're, we're, you know, the the products themselves are bringing new people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's happening at, you know, that rate is increasing, I think. Right. Um, but, we we need to win the hearts and minds of, you know, one of the reasons why the, the uh, Westminster uh, uh, example that, that why that was so, um, I think, potent was that you had non smokers standing with the smokers saying this is wrong. I, I, I don't smoke. I don't like cigarette smokes, but I know that what you're doing is absolutely wrong. And so we need people from, we, we, need, we need the non-smokers that sympathize with our right to choose. We need the people that don't vape, that have seen family members experience benefits, um, you know, really get, really right. get the message and, 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 and help advocate with well, us and for us.
1: We do, but we also need to get past the point where people who want to advocate for us are kind of shunned because of what the community would say that's my take on it there there are people there are people out there who want to advocate for us and people are wary of it because of how it will be perceived politically or how other groups will take it i i think at some point, and this is just my opinion, I think at some point we need to get past that. Um, there are groups. I The Drug Policy Alliance has said more amazing things about vaping. Uh, just really great things. They've been a great asset in trying to help change minds. Mm-hmm. Um, Normal has helped out in California when it's been in their best interests. And people are very opposed to that alignment and I understand that. But it's it's all politics at some point. At one point I guess an example I would use is you couldn't get two more politically divergent people than Ron Paul and Bernie Sanders. And yet there were times in Congress when they worked together when it was for their mutual self-interest and times when they didn't. And those times will come. And I think we'll have to be aware of that and probably for our own self-interest, discount a lot of the haters. Because it will be for everyone's best interest. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I, I think I kind of get what, uh, I think I've heard rumblings of it here and there. Um, and my, I think my response, probably not the most tactful response. Um, you know, when people talk about, I, I know that, uh, uh, you know, every now and then you'll see that post where somebody is selling a, a vaporizer for, for marijuana and, uh, the immediate reactions, oh, this is really hurting the cause, you know, we got to stop this. And, um, Actually, no. Uh, that vaporizing marijuana was, was actually somewhat popular before nicotine. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it is actually, in fact, harm reduction. Um, oh, and uh, if you think that nicotine is not a drug, you are diluting yourself. Um, it's all drugs. And we are all part of the drug war. What we need to... To recognize is that you know this is essentially a war on what they deem to be deviant behavior mm-hmm. um, if you are self-medicating which is what we do when we use nicotine it's what we do when we use caffeine <laughs> for some people it's what they do when they eat a candy bar um, so you know just include all of that all of that is part of the drug war and um, you know, I, I'm I'm less concerned about the uh, image of people vaping marijuana, um, <clears throat> and and that the, the potential of that being I, that that train has already left the station. Okay, <laughs> the 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 news people in small towns have already interviewed the sheriff, and the sheriff has said, oh, "We found kids that are uh, modifying these e-cigarettes." to uh, consume illicit drugs. Uh, it's it's, yeah. in the, it's in the water supply. It, it's, it's that's And my response to that is, well, that's fine. At least they're not smoking. <laughs> and, you know, that's... <laughs> at some point, we're just going to have to rip the Band-Aid off. And, and that's, I think, I think that's probably where we're headed. And, you know... It, a lot of people come into our our, our Facebook group and um, they, they post things and they sort of offer their own analysis of it. But I, I think there's some very responsible people, at least, you know, within our, uh, not just, you know, within the board, but, you know, with people who are members of our organization that are very good at, I think, correcting the course and offering some very thoughtful explanations <clears throat> to kind of, you know, enlighten people that, you know, Arm reduction is the overall goal here. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're all sort of in the same boat, whether you like it or not.
1: I um, I just, I like my favorite quote from Julie Westner is, I just want people to have the truth. I don't want to force anything on anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to lie to anybody. I just want people to know the truth. That's what I hope the big breakthrough is in 2015 that more people get to hear the truth. And I don't think I don't think we're going to run the advert for this one this week because I think it's good enough that it can go out as it is. It can stand alone. It's been that good a show. Um I'd like to thank you for coming on, Alex. This was Thanks great. Thanks me. Oh, it's a great, great show. Thank you very for producing, as always. And thank you for jumping in with your bits of wisdom. It's always great to hear from you. Well, one I don't my about
0: wisdom, but... Yeah.
1: Well, you...
0: Observations.
1: Yeah. So... Guess, well, you know what? I've never done this before. Um, always remember you are Kasa. Good night.